uh, and good morning to the people that they are watching from home. Uh, I'm hoping that you are worshiping with us today. Uh, today we want to continue our Bible uh, study from Gospel of Matthew. But first I want to quote from Arthur Nelson. Arthur is a doctor in psychology and he has done research on personality, philosophical and political psychology. He says, a worldview reflects personality and behavioral patterns. He explained, our worldview is dependent upon our culture and is compromised of much more than basic assumptions or concepts. He wrote that people in India have a different worldview than people in Sweden. Things such as personal experience, genes, uh, and environment, personal reflection, the kind of cultural influences we are subjected to, and a lot of other aspects play a different role and affects our worldview. And I believe it's not just uh, these differences in cultural differences in countries, but even in families. For example, recently, I, there was a family matter that I was talking to my sisters, the same family, even so. Uh, I told them about the issue, and both they have different response because of their experience, because what they have gone through. So one of them was correct, another one was wrong. So they judge differently the situation because of their experience and their worldview. My own example is that uh, police from my home country, first home country, here is now my second home country, uh, people follow the Islamic law. They must do it. Police force everyone to do it. For women, hijab, and for men, they need to have a, a special dress code as well, especially in workplaces. The police wants to control every matters, basic matters of life, everything. And people are not comfortable when they see the police. They assume that maybe they are doing something wrong and they're going to be in trouble. So for me, it was the same. And especially when I converted to Christianity, my experience with police became more difficult. After I moved to Canada for a long time, I was feeling the same. Whenever I was seeing the police, I think maybe I'm doing something wrong. Maybe now I'm going to be in trouble. So as time passed, I became more comfortable. I understand, no, police is not here to uh, just every moment come and harass us. So my worldview changed toward the police, and I felt more in peace. Uh, our experience shape how we see things and how we are respond to them. If someone has been a criminal, probably they don't like courts and they think judges are unfair. When it comes to our faith in the Bible, it is not much different. We all were sinners. We didn't like to be judged. And some of you who, who you are listening today, you must still not like to be judged. Some even might not like to read the Bible because they think it's too judgmental. Our experience will shape our view toward a scripture. Many times we interpret the Bible with our own worldview. 
and our own experiences as well. One of the verses that has been quoted a lot, but has been wrongly explained and misused, is Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. Do not judge. Some use these verses to say, we cannot say someone's action or life is wrong. I can give you a couple more verses that support this idea. But uh, these are out of context. That's the problem with it. James chapter 4 Verse 12 says, Who are you to judge? God alone is the lawgiver and the judge. Or Romans 14.4, Who are you to pass judgment? So these are out of the context. But today, the question is that Bible truly is saying, don't judge? Or this is our opinion because of our own experience, because of our own worldview. We want to interpret these verses that way. That says, don't judge. Because we don't like to be judged. Because we had bad experience. Someone had judged us wrongly. So, or we don't like to hear the truth about ourselves. Please open your Bible to Matthew chapter 7. I'm going to read verse 1 to 6. And you can follow. Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see a speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when there is log in your own eye? You hypocrites, first take the log out of your own eye. And then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy. And do not throw your pearls before pigs. Lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. So I'm going to give you a bit of background on this section. So we have a correct view. Because when we read the Bible, as I said, we can read it with our own worldview. But we need to read it in the context. This part of a sermon, uh, this is part of the Sermon on the Mountain. That Jesus teaches to his disciples how they should live in his kingdom. Jesus is teaching to his disciples uh, to see themselves in the right light. He gives them correct perspective. In the Beatitudes, then he gives the correct perspective toward the world and what is their role in as a salt and light. Then he gives the correct uh, perspective about mosaic laws. He doesn't claim that he is bringing new law, but he's saying that this law uh, should be at work inwardly, not outwardly. And this law. We're not about to show how spiritual we are. People see us as spiritual. But that law was given to us, to people, to judge themselves. So they could see that they are sinners. So we should judge our inward. Judge our anger. Judge our lust, our pride, our hatred. 
After that, Jesus gives an example of the law that should show us the quality of relationship with God. And he points out that people like Pharisees are hypocrites. And they are keeping the law to show off to others that how they are spiritual and how righteous they are. Law like helping people in need, praying to God, and fasting are not for show off, but for God. Jesus says to his disciples that they must do better than hypocrites. The Pharisees, they must obey the law by letting it govern their inner thoughts and motive. Not just their outward actions and what they want to people see. Jesus is teaching us how we should be, have a correct view about ourselves, about our relationship with God. And here in chapter 7, he is teaching about our relationship with each other. So this was the background. How we need to see that chapter. Jesus is teaching to his disciples how to avoid hypocrisy. And this context gives us the right view toward this section. So we don't interpret it based on our own view. We don't interpret it based on our own experiences or our own preferences. But now... What does that mean not to judge? Because that's how Jesus started. Does it really mean that we cannot judge others? Does it mean that we see someone is doing something wrong and we don't say anything? As some might say, it's none of my business. Probably that cannot be true. Because in John 7.24, Jesus says, Do not judge by appearance, but judge with the right judgment. So he says later on that you can't judge, but should have a right judgment. So here, you see, if Jesus says don't judge and here says judge, then there is a contradiction in Jesus' words. Paul teaches to Timothy as well the same thing. Preach the word by ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. He writes to the church in Corinth that the spiritual person judges all things, but in himself to be judged by no one. If we think that Jesus is te- telling us to not to judge, period, not only there is a contradiction in the Bible, but there is a contradiction in the word of whoever says, do not judge. Because when you are judging someone, when you are telling, do not judge, actually you are judging. Because you are telling that person, I disagree with your opinion and what you are doing. I'm telling you that don't do that. So that's judging someone. And that's, if not judging means we should not say something about someone's life, that your behavior is bad, that you should repent, how we can share the gospel? If we can say to someone, if we can't say to someone, you are a sinner, that God sees you as a sinner, and God has done something for you, God came from his glory down and died for you in the cross, 
And we cannot say that to someone that you are a sinner. How we can share the gospel with them? How we share the good news if we don't tell them the bad news that judgment is coming? How we can share the gospel? As you can see in the gospel itself, there is call for repentance. There is an evaluation of someone's behavior. In the root of good news, evangelism, there is a bad news. There is a judgment. Then what is really Jesus teaching about saying don't judge? We know that Jesus is not telling us that we cannot judge. But what is he saying is that we need to judge correctly. But how we can make sure that we are not judging in distorted way? Number one, we don't judge people's motive. We should see the aspect is something that we see. It's not just we are assuming, we are thinking. We should see something in their life. We don't judge what we don't see, what we don't know. We don't judge people's motive. Because we cannot know their thought. We can only see their action. And we can evaluate their action. If it's good or is bad. To say what is wrong in their life or what is right. And this shouldn't be on based on our own standard. It should be on God's standard. Number two. We don't judge based on our personal preference. We don't make the decision on the size of a speck, the rules that we put in, and how much it hurts. In Colossians 2.16, we read, Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in the question of food and drink, or with the regard to festival or the new moon, or Sabbath. We are not condemning people because they don't look like we think, or they don't act like we like. This is, we don't judge on our personal preference, but we judge on the Bible, what God is asking us to do. Number three, we don't judge based on our self-righteousness. We should notice the log in our own eye. We are sinners as well. The story that Jesus says in Luke 18 about the Pharisee and the tax collector going to temple to pray. We know that tax collector has a right view about himself, and he repents. But the Pharisee doesn't see himself as a sinner. So he sees the tax collector as a sinner, and he sees himself as a righteous person. And he judges the tax collector, and he doesn't repent. So we need to have a right view toward ourselves as well. And number four, we don't judge with the condemning attitude. John writes in chapter 8 that Pharisees brought the adulterer woman to Jesus. And they said we should stone her. They asked Jesus, what do you say? What is your opinion? And Jesus answered to them that whoever has not sinned through the first stone. So everybody leave. Then Jesus asked the woman, Who, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? 
And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. Jesus didn't say to the adulterer woman, okay, it's okay, everything is fine, go and live your life. I'm not saying any to, anything to you. It's none of my business. Do whatever you want with your life. He says, go and sin no more. Yes, Jesus is not condemning her, but Jesus is judging her and telling her how she should live. The condemnation will come after Jesus' second coming. But for now, we have a chance to correct our behavior. As Jesus, our friend, family, the church is telling us, it's showing us what we need to change in our life. We don't execute the penalty, but with the kindness we help each other to see the sin in our own life. Sometimes kindness is like salt that we put in the wound. It burns a bit, but it's good if you don't have medicine. Yes? <laughs> when we are judging wrongly, we are doing it according to our own worldview, by our own standard by our own personal references. Maybe today more than ever, people have opinion about everything. Uh, about politics, education, health, economy, theology, church, and so on. Some people have spent few hours on internet, on Facebook, and they become a politician. They become a doctor. They become a counselor. They have opinion about everything. People constantly judging each other on the social media. They see the picture of someone. Someone is saying something. Then they start saying things. They start posting in Facebook, Twitter. So much judgment without knowing. Just is on the screen of the computer. Jesus is warning us that we, do, we need to be careful. Because the standard we put to judge others will be used by God to judge us. If we claim that we know it all and we tell others to do the right thing. First, people are going to see us and say, why you are not doing the right thing? If we tell them how they need to act with their family, with their wife, with their spouses, they're going to say, why you are not doing the same thing? But most importantly, God is seeing us. And God is going to ask us, if you know it all, if you know that was right, why you didn't do it? And Jesus says in Matthew 7, Judge not that you not be judged, for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, will be measured to you. So, we need to be careful how we are judging others. The measure, the harshness that we put, we say, what is wrong with your life? God is going to see the same thing and do it the same way. Then Jesus gives us a preview of the judgment day when it's going to come. Jesus is like one of those nice teachers that during the semester when he, he is teaching, he is telling us what is going to be in the final exam. 
beforehand. So we be ready for it. And so we know the judgment will come. But Jesus is loving God. So he is preparing us. And he is giving the question beforehand. And that's the question. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your eye? That's the question that Jesus is going to ask us in the judgment day. Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? So, if we are not sure what we are doing, what we are seeing, it's better to stay quiet. We will answer to God for what we have done. And if we have judged wrongly, Jesus will tell us, you hypocrites. If we judge people's motives with our own standard, with our own righteousness, and condemn them, we are hypocrites. And we will face God's judgment. But as I said, Jesus, the loving Lord, is a nice teacher. So he is not only telling us what question will come in the exam, in the judgment day, but he is showing us how to solve the problem. First, take the log out of your own eye. And then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So... What is the right way to judge? First, we judge ourselves. When we want to help others by judging them rightfully, we must check our agenda. Why we are doing that? Are we judging them in order to cover our own sin? To show that we are righteous? What is our motive? How do we deal with someone, the same issue in our own life? Are we sure that we know enough about that subject? If the same thing happened in our own life, how we hope others will help us? We want to they guide us or condemn us. Paul the Apostle is like one of those classmates that is so smart that he's making himself ready for the judgment day, for the final exam. And he tells us the same thing, that we need to be ready. We need to judge ourselves. He like taking so many questions before the exam to be ready. And he asks us to do the same thing. That's how he says it. But if we judge ourselves truly, so do lots of questions. Judge ourselves, what we are doing, what is our motive, how we are living our life. Keep judging ourselves. Because... Final is going to come. We would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. So even Jesus right now is judging us, showing us our sin. He asks us to repent, to change our life. Because if not, then when the finals come, the condemnation will come. So this is great advice for us to be ready for that day. My wife is a nerd. Like I said, Paul, doing all the exam. My wife is a nerd. And she has impacted me to be a little bit nerd as well. But before that, I wasn't a good student always. 
If I liked the subject, yes, I was good, but unfortunately, there were so many subjects in the school that I didn't like to study. So I wasn't showing up in the class, I wasn't doing the exam, and one time I studied, and I went to the exam, and I found out that uh, it was the wrong date. I had exam for another class that I wasn't ready for it. So judgment is going to come. Are we ready for it? Are we judging ourselves? It's better to be nerd to later on we know that we done wrong and we are in not right place. Secondly, we judge when we have a good understanding of the situation. If we have luck in our own eye, we cannot see clearly. So when we want to help someone, we can uh, say, come and I help you when we don't see it. In Farsi, we say, I came to fix her, her eyebrow, I blinded her. So we want to fix something, we make it worse. We damage something else. Because we don't see it clearly. Because we don't have a correct understanding of the situation. Of what that person is going through. Thirdly, we judge based on love and edification of the person. We are not judging them to condemn them. But we are judging to build that person. Jesus teaches in Matthew 18. If we confront a sinner. One on one with the group, with the church. The purpose is to gain that brother or sister. We don't want to destroy, we want to gain them. We confront and judge because we love the person. It's not because of hatred. We want to help that person with the humility, with the purpose to save and not to destroy. So, (coughs) if the person... Is accepting his wrongdoing, we forgive, we help, we encourage, we build them. So when we have a clear vision of ourselves, right motive, right understanding, then we can judge. That's what Jesus is telling us. But the question, as some might say, is not about who we are to judge, but rather is what, who do we judge? Who we judge? Jesus doesn't just, doesn't say just walk around and see whoever you want and start judging everybody. He doesn't say that. He says, do not give dog what is holy and do not throw your pearls before pigs. Lest they trample them before on their food and turn to attack you. You see, that Jesus in verse 1 said, not to judge. But five verse after, he's judging some people. He calls them dogs and pigs, and he showing us that we need to see them the same way. So this is judging someone. Some interpret the word holy and pearls as the gospel. And dogs and pigs are the ones who hear the gospel and reject it. That is somehow true. But I think we need to stay with the context. Jesus is talking about judging. And that to me is not only about sharing the gospel. It's about 
Whoever is the sinner that <coughs> we, want, we are asking them to repent. So it can be an unbeliever or a believer. The person that doesn't understand the truth about himself. About their action. And when we tell them the truth, they might not like it. They become angry. They become our enemies. And even try to hurt us. So we need to be careful when we judge. Jesus is teaching us how to judge correctly. And, but, but he says, brothers, when you are judging your brothers, who are these brothers? The brother might be the Jewish people because he's talking to his disciple that they were Jewish. So he's telling them, when you are sharing the good news, telling them to repent, this brother is not going to accept it. Then that brother is like a pig. is like a dog. It's very harsh way to say it. But that's the truth. And the brother or sister can be the Christian one. Because Jesus said, my brother and sister are the one that do the God's will. So if we tell someone, a Christian, that what is the truth, what they need to do, and they are not doing it, they are like a dog. They are like a pig. So we judge the Christians with the right attitude. Jesus, Jesus teaches in Matthew 18 how to judge the sinner in the church, as I said. And Paul writes to the church in Corinthian. He says, who am I judge? to judge the outsider but the people inside the church? So we judge each other. You judge me and I judge you. And as a little reminder that church is responsible. We are responsible for each other life. We're for our each other spiritual life. But in case someone's rejected in a church, then it's not our responsibility. We have tried. Uh, so the people that Jesus is referring dog and pigs are the people that they live wild and ungodly. And there is no hope for them to change for the better. Uh, so these are the people that are unworthy. Actually, they are unworthy to hear the truth. That was Jesus saying. You have said it. That's enough. You don't need to keep re repeat the same thing. If they, they were unbelievers, you share the gospel, they don't want to accept it, they are, not, they are unworthy. If you tell truth about some brother in the church, some sister in the church, that they need to repent, and they don't want to change their life, they are unworthy to hear the truth. So you don't say to everybody every time that how they need to live. You need to know the person. You need to know the time. You need to know the matter. You need to have a clear vision. You need to be right first. Live right. Um, so, as I said, also we judge non-Christian with the right attitude. 
we share the gospel, but as Jesus said, when we share and they don't accept, we clean the dust from our shoes. We walk away. So we need to be careful as we share, as Jesus is saying, we need to be careful. And if I paraphrase it, be careful not everyone is going to accept the truth and they might become your enemy. So, in conclusion, if anyone has not accepted Christ, they should know before the judgment day is coming. They're going to stand before God's throne. God is going to judge them. And actually, Jesus says, if you haven't accepted the gospel, you are condemned already. So, I'm asking you, Please judge yourself correctly. Come to God and ask his forgiveness. Because he is seeing the truth in you. If you are righteous or you are a sinner. And for all of us, we need to deal with our own sin. First of all, before doing anything. We need to grow in Christ. We need to be humble. And let word of God, let our brother, sister in the church, our family, to judge us. We shouldn't be afraid of being judged because we had a bad experience. We know if we are in the church, we are in the family, we are in the safe place. We are among some people that loves us. So we shouldn't be afraid. We shouldn't get mad if somebody is coming to us and telling us we need to repent. We need to correct our behavior. So we need to be humble. And as we grow, we need to help each other. We need to help other person that is falling in their sin. We need to help them to walk in the path of righteousness. But we always need to do it in humility, kindness, and seriousness. So let's pray. Please, God, teach us how to judge ourselves, our family, our church. Help us to become a better people, better disciples, better churches. To show the world that we act like our Father. We see the issues. We see the sin. But we want to help that person. We want to help ourselves. Even sin in our own life shouldn't put us down. We need to correct our life, our behavior, and help others to do the same thing. So all of us, in a judgment day, we can stand before your throne with the pride faces. And as you are saying, well done, my son. Well done, my sister. You have done what I have asked you. So please, God, help us to be not, we not be hypocrites, but we judge correctly. Amen.